Welcome to a message by Highway Christian Community. Highway Christian Community is a church in Pinetown pastored by Steve and Janet Wheeler, whose vision is to make disciples. You can visit their website at www.highway.org.za. We hope that today's message enlightens the eyes of your heart to know the goodness of God and awakens you to live your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Well, good morning, greeting you from Hawaii Church this morning to the church that's scattered out amongst the suburbs of Durban. It's a little bit like the early church was, except they wrote epistles to reach Galatia and Philippi and Thessalonica. Now we have access right into our living rooms, into our lounges, wherever we are on our mobile devices and even by way of radio. So it's with that medium that we now communicate over quite a challenging time. But despite all of these things, despite the announcement that we have to close down our building for a month, the church continues to be alive and thrive during this time. I declare over your 2021, may God bless you, may God keep you, May God's face shine upon you, and may he give you peace. Let's not just look at the things around us and make deductions about the future. Our hope is in the fact that God has got this. It may not appear like it. We may have some questions about his permissive will and his deliberate will. But let's settle once and for all that our God is a God of love. And the world is in a fallen condition and suffering the results of that fallenness and suffering. And we don't have all the answers to what's going on around us. But we do do know we have an anchor in our soul. And his name is Jesus. And he makes sense of the senseless. He gives us purpose when it feels there is no purpose. My friend, we started a new year. 2021, we are a lot more prepared than we were last year. This time last year, we had no idea what was about to hit us, and we were running around and in a spin and just a, a, a grasping at straws. At least this year, we've got a little bit more uh, grasp on what's taking place in our being isolated, but we are insulated in God. And remember, We're not socially to distance. We're only physically to distance. I would encourage you, as this local church at Highway, under this leadership that God has established at this time, let us make an effort to continue to cohesively stay connected and care and pray for one another. And to that end, we're wanting to get networks within networks, be it in the home groups, be it in the worship teams, be it in the uh, teams that run the Sunday activities. We want to make sure that everybody is in the net and everybody has got a channel of communication and a line of uh, request that if you need to get hold of somebody, you know who you can. So to that end, 
I bless you. This morning, a very good friend of us in the church, one of our dear uh, parts of this local church, Terry Akel, uh, he's got something on his heart that I believe is going to be a huge encouragement to you this morning. So open up and listen to what he has to share. And I'll be speaking to you soon. God bless. Well, friends, good morning, family out there. Um, richest blessings for 2021. And yeah, just trusting the Lord for an amazing year. And I'm thankful that once again, I have the opportunity to, to preach a New Year message, albeit that the past year of 2020, and it seems like 2021, is going to be, are going to be years that we have never ever experienced the lack of before. But before I, I move on, I'd like to just let us reflect on this past year. Uh, before we start talking about 2021 and starting to re-envision ourselves and, and excite ourselves about the glory of increasing glory of God, let's just reflect on on a year that God has brought us through. <laughs> Isn't God amazing that uh, all the things we face this year, if you just look at all the challenges and all the difficulties that we have faced this year, and how God has just brought us through every single one of them. And once again, this year is like a monument. It's a testament to the faithfulness of God. Something that we can look back on, and like all the other monuments to His faithfulness. And just give God thanks and praise. And I'm sure that each one of you has your own amazing testimony to the power of God. And how God brought you through this year. Made a way in many places where you thought that there was no way. But God made a way. So God, we just give you thanks and praise now for bringing us through 2020 and for your goodness and your mercy and your faithfulness, Lord God. We thank you, we thank you, Lord. And so the reason why I so enjoy preaching a New Year message is simply because I personally love to hear what God is saying for myself for the New Year <laughs> so that I can get excited, so that I can be encouraged, so that I can anticipate what God wants to do in my life. And then I take that message and then I enjoy sharing it. So that's what I'm doing with you today. And the question is, what message could I possibly have that would excite you and encourage you and help to sustain you in 2021? Something that wouldn't sound like the usual pep talk or like futile, unsustainable, New Year resolutions, which really don't work, let's be honest. So I felt God saying to me that, personally, that it's only when I've come to the end of my own ability, my own power, my own strength, my own resources, will I find myself perfectly positioned and in the very best place to be able to receive and to tap into His limitless love, glory, grace, favor, power, strength. That will enable me to live the transcending, victorious life. Irrespective of and despite the momentary difficulties and adverse circumstances 
that I may be facing that may surround me. So I'm going to preach on a wonderful passage of Scripture this morning that I, I believe that will hopefully bring what I'm saying and what God has spoken to me to life and bring life to you for 2021. And uh, I'm going to preach on 2 Corinthians chapter 3 today. So if you can just open your Bibles at 2 Corinthians 3, and it's the entire passage. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take a couple of verses at a time, um, read them, and then hopefully, hopefully unpack them for you, and then move on until we finish the whole, the whole chapter. So let's begin at 2 Corinthians 1 to 3. And this is about living letters and living epistles. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of commendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Isn't that beautiful? Hey? And, you know, this is, this is Paul's letter of commendation to himself. And uh, we read in Hebrews 8 verse 10, it says, This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. And this is what's happening in the new, the new covenant. God writes his laws on our hearts and he puts his laws in our minds. And so, letters of commendation were, in Paul's time, quite common and, and really necessary because in the early church they had to guard against false prophets and um, false apostles. And Paul often sent letters of, of commendation for others, but here he describes his personal letter of commendation as one not written on a piece of paper or on a stone tablet, but indelibly written on the hearts of men and women whose lives have been forever changed through the gospel of God through his ministry. Living letters that are always open and clearly visible for all to see. Living apostle, living epistle. Sorry. The competence and credibility of his ministry are purely based on lives forever changed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not written on tablets of stone or on pieces of paper, but written on tablets of flesh, human hearts, written not with ink, but by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of the living God, living epistles, letters, permanently open for the world to read. Each of us are living epistles. Right now we are open for the world to read. What story are we telling? What does the world see in this letter that would excite them about the gospel of God? Does our story line up with his story 
Does it line up with the gospel of the good news? The gospel of grace. So that's the first three verses. Let's move on to verse 4 to 6 now. This is about the fact that we are competent ministers of the new covenant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we read from verse 4. It says, Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So in essence, what Paul is saying here is that my confidence and my confidence and my competence <laughs> come from God. And God has qualified me as a minister of the new and everlasting covenant through the precious blood of Jesus. Through his precious blood, I'm qualified to preach and to proclaim the good news of the gospel of grace, the good news of the kingdom of God. He goes on to say, I'm a pen in the hand of God. And the commendation of my ministry is indelibly written in the hearts of men and women whose lives have been forever changed from inside out, not from outside in, being cranked up, trying to live up to some resolution, but actually changed by the power of God in the inner man through the grace of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we are never competent in our own art. We will always seemingly fall short as competent ministers. Because in some way, we are all cracked, leaking vessels. Or is that just me? <laughs> but thanks be to God, our competence does not come from ourselves. It comes from God. He has qualified us. He has made us competent. He has personally qualified us as the ministers of the new covenant. And the way that we keep these cracked, leaking vessels full is by keeping them under the perpetual flow of his limitless grace. We have this treasure hidden in these jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing glory is from him. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. And sometimes, the more cracked the vessels are, the more the glory oozes out, the more the glory shines, the more cracked sometimes, the more broken the vessels are. A broken heart, God will not despise. A broken heart, God uses these cracked vessels to shine His glory into the world. Amen. Yeah. Every child of God, every son and daughter of God has been personally qualified by their loving dad. We must not be deceived. Despite our failings, we are competent. We are highly competent 
and highly qualified priests and ministers of the new covenant. In fact, God's grace and power are perfected in our weaknesses. And we hear Paul say in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, he said, each time the Lord said, my grace is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad, Paul says, to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work mightily through me. Okay, so let's move on to the next portion, which is verse 7 to 15. And this is about the ever-increasing glory of the new covenant and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now let's read from verse 7. Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters of stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was, for what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the passing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil, when the old covenant is read, remains. It has not been removed. Because only in Christ Jesus is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. Wow, that's hectic. Do we pray for God to lift the, the veils? Do we leave it to God say, Lord, your timing is perfect. And we see here, the new covenant is a far superior covenant. The covenant of grace in the blood of Jesus. Jesus, the mediator and the high priest of a new and everlasting covenant. Not sacrifices from bulls and goats over and over and over, as Hebrews says. But one sacrifice, once and for all, that Jesus paid with his blood, which he carried into the Holy of Holies in heaven, which now, even right to this day, the precious blood of Jesus is in the Holy of Holies in heaven. His blood speaks a better word over us than the blood of bulls and goats. Once and for all, sacrifice for every sin, past, present, and future, the precious blood of Jesus. I love that. that. That is amazing. Thank you, Jesus, for your precious blood. Thank you, Father. Even now, every sin, past, present, and future, has been removed. Thank you, Lord, that as far as the east is from the west, you have removed 
every transgression from us. And you can remember them no more. That is amazing. Thank you, Dad. So the lifting or the removal of veils speaks of revelation and enlightenment in the inner man. To see Jesus our Lord and Savior. When we see Him, we can clearly see our salvation in the light of the finished work of the cross, the new covenant, the free gift of righteousness, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of righteousness is the ongoing revelation, illumination, and unveiling of the finished work of the cross of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, of which God has made us competent ministers. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Thank you for that, Lord. We are the new creation, recreated in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, and behold, the new has come. Friends, I'm so thankful that for us, the ministry of death is dead and gone. That we are living in the time of the new covenant and also in the end time dispensation of grace. The unveiling of hearts and faces so that all God's people all over the world can come to the knowledge and the understanding of the good news of the gospel of grace in all its truth through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for living at this time, in this generation. Imagine living in the time before Jesus came to save us. Imagine still living under the Mosaic law right now, after the cross, even as the Israelites today are living under the law. They cannot see Jesus because there's a veil that's covering their hearts. When I, hear, I read this passage, I have such mixed feelings and emotions. I'm truly saddened and I mourn that right now, 99.9% .9 of the people of this world right now are living in dense spiritual darkness, which includes the people of Israel. Conversely, I'm truly thankful and I rejoice that I've been saved by the grace of God. That right now, despite my faults and failings, I stand righteous before God, justified, accepted, and loved unconditionally as a son and an heir of the household of God. I never did anything to deserve any of this. But nonetheless, I receive it fully, wholeheartedly, and thankfully. Thank you, Lord. I have a high view of my salvation and of the free gift of righteousness. I give thanks daily for the, my freedom in Christ. And I rejoice that my name is indelibly written in the book of life. How, how awesome is that? How can we be sure never ever to take that awesome gift 
of everlasting life through the blood of Jesus for granted. Thank you, Lord. So let's move on to the next bit of Scripture. It's verse 16 to 18. It's the last passage. And it says, But when we turn to the Lord and behold Him, the veils are lifted. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veils are taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate, behold the Lord's glory, as in a mirror, are being transformed into His image, with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So when we first came to know Jesus, we, we turned to Him. We put our hope and our trust and our faith in Him. Then the veil was removed. We could see our salvation. And we were saved by His grace. We could see Jesus for who He is. As Ephesians 1 verse 18 says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your heart, flooding you with the light until you experience the full Revelation of the hope of his calling. It reminds me of the beautiful song, Open the Eyes of My Heart. Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. See you high and lift it up. Now we are saved, we are free to live our lives as one with him and for him. We have the freedom and an open invitation to access His glorious presence 24-7 at any time. An open liberty and freedom, as we hear here, the freedom of the Holy Spirit. For freedom's sake that Jesus set us free to have a beautiful, ongoing, minute-by-minute -minute relationship with Him. We were created to live our lives as one with Jesus. Even as Jesus is one with the Father, and the Spirit, to be fully dependent on Him. And we can read that in Jesus' prayer in John 17, verse 21 to 26. Father, I pray that they may be one, even as we are one. When we don't spend time in His presence, then the daily difficulties and adverse circumstances that we face can become insurmountable. And even the smallest of tasks can become impossible to accomplish. Our self-perception as our identity as sons, our perception of other people around us, our perception of God can all be obscured and we can begin to see things with a jaundiced eye. We lose our vision and our clarity. In John 15, verse 5, Jesus says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. <laughs> Apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Is this how you are finding your life right now? Just insurmountable difficulties. Even the smallest thing. How are you perceiving? 
Are you perceiving correctly? Isn't this maybe a time to go and to say, look, Jesus, um, I, I look to you. Because the moment we go to Jesus and we look to Jesus, the moment we look to Jesus, the veils are lifted once again. Our vision clear, clears. We perceive him and ourselves and the world around us correctly. And his acceptance grace and his empowering grace come flooding over us once again, rekindling our passion and reaffirming our purpose and our calling and setting us on a beautiful path once again with peace and joy. As children of the Most High God, we constantly need to look to Jesus every day, 24-7. Then we will find that the more difficult the circumstances we find ourselves in, the more God's limitless grace superbounds towards us, causing us to be victorious over every enemy and bring life to the people of the world as we are truly then his living epistle. In 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, it says, Our God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, that at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. But more than, much more than that, in verse 18, we see that when we look to Jesus, our faces and our hearts are unveiled so that we can clearly see him for who he truly is. We are invited to contemplate, to meditate, to gaze upon his beauty and his glory with unveiled faces. The more time that we spend in his presence beholding him, the more we are transformed into his likeness by the Holy Spirit, the more we begin to radiate his ever-increasing glory and grace and favor in our lives, into the fallen world around us. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces are never covered with shame. Psalm 34 verse 5. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12 verse 2. For God, he says, let light shine out of darkness has shone his light in our hearts to give us the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. So friends, when we arrive at the place where we've come to the end of our own ability, our own power, our own strength, and our own resources. We look to Jesus. And that's how we're able to tap into and receive the limitless love, glory, and grace, and favor, and power, and strength. The more we receive His grace, the more we are able to live transcending lives. His grace and glory and favor become so evident and manifest in our lives that the world around us want to know who the sons of God are. The more glory and the love and power that we flow through us bring salvation to people of the world. This is how the sons and daughters of God are revealed to all of creation through His ever-increasing glory power and love 
flowing through us. Can I pray for you? Father God, I thank you that whenever we look to you, to Jesus, the veils are lifted. Thank you for shining your light afresh into our hearts today. For the revelation, knowledge, the understanding to comprehend and receive the good news of the gospel of grace. Continue, Lord, to open the eyes of our hearts. Lord Jesus, we stand in awe of your beauty, of your amazing grace, and of the astounding finished work of the cross. Thank you for the price you paid to set us free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you that you have made us to be competent and qualified ministers of the new covenant and for the ministry of righteousness. For the letter of the law kills, but your spirit brings us abundant life to overflowing. I pray for the unveiling of hearts and faces today, that the more we gaze upon your beauty, the more we are transformed into your likeness, the more we reflect your ever-increasing glory, grace and favor, the more we become the living epistles of hope to the fallen world around us. Father God, we thank you for this year of 2021. We declare this year of 2021 to be a year of ever-increasing glory, grace, and favor over our lives, over our nation, and over the nations of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.